Hello again, everybody. You're listening to the Total Basis Podcast, and I am your host, Felipe. With me, as always, is Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing this evening? I am awesome. Uh, just another day. Uh, once again, another weekday show. This is uh, feels very alien to me, but I'm all for it. So here we go. Yeah, um, yeah. We we got to adapt to the holiday schedule. This year, Halloween fell on a weekend. Sorry, Christmas fell on a weekend. So we figured, hey, you know what? Let's get ahead of the curve here. Um, let's do some Monday night, Monday night fantasy, uh, fantasy, Monday night baseball talk. Uh, who's playing tonight anyway? Monday night football. Uh, I have no clue. No clue. Zero clue. Yeah, well, I don't know what what team clue does, but yeah, <laughs> they're not making the playoffs this year. But at any rate. We are going, as you can see on the big screen, uh, I can probably make that a little bit bigger. It's not a big spreadsheet, so let's make it uh, adjust the size a little bit. But on the spreadsheet, as you guys can see, we're going to be talking about, we're going to recap the best rookies of 2022, something that we try to do at the end of the year. And I figured, and I I had to think about it. Why are we waiting until late December, mid-December to get these things off? And you know what I came to the conclusion, Sean, is it's a damn lockout. The lockout has it, it, it set us all back, set us back by a lot. So we're finally catching up. Otherwise, this would be the last episode. But I feel like I have one more episode in us before we go. And I'll uh, I'll talk about that later on as the show progresses. But as you can see, Sean, these are the best rookie hitters, according to the four statistics that I use to compile. And as always, uh, I use a, a, a kind of a roto scale, roto standing scales, where if, for example, Julio Rodriguez, let, if he would have led the league and weighted on base average, he gets 10 points for that. Second place uh, gets nine points. Third place gets eight points, so on and so forth. Tenth uh, place gets one point. And we, I did that for the four statistical categories. And I came up with a total. And this total is telling me that Julio Rodriguez is the best rookie of 2022. Do you agree with that or disagree with that? Yeah, I think that was pretty clear. Although it wouldn't take much for you to twist my arm and sell me on Adley Rutschman. Yeah. Just as, uh, I mean, Julio Rodriguez was solid defensively, but um, 90 more played appearances than Adley. And they were in a dead heat in terms of uh, F war, Fangraph's calculation of war. Um, pretty close in terms of WRC plus 146 to 133. And that was with Adley really having a slow start, but yeah, definitely either of those two, you can't go wrong. Julio is the, the five tool stud. Adley is that possible Buster Posey 2.0. We've been saying it for a long time, but he could be a really special, just all around player. Yeah, that's a really good comp. The Buster Posey one. Um, But yeah, you know how I, um, I'm always doubting catchers because I've been burned by so many of them, but this might be the one, this might be the one in 100 uh, type of situation where this is a guy, the next Yadier Molina, well, better than Yadier Molina, but in terms of longevity, uh, he could be it. Uh, could be Joe Maurer if he stays healthy. It could be Buster Posey if he stays healthy. Uh, and, and he can hit, which for us, for our selfish reasonings is a big plus. So I, I, I uh, yeah, I could see that. And Julio Rodriguez did slow down at the end of the year as well. And his strikeouts were pretty alarming, which makes yeah. me, 
makes make, makes me kind of concerned for his future value. And but you know, if you have the bats before it, you, you get, get away with it and just put up explosive production numbers. And Rodriguez is that in sandwich between um, in the sandwich and the Julio Rodriguez Atlee Rushman sandwich is Michael Harris II, which was another uh, another uh, late call up, so to speak. Uh, the Braves needed outfield help, and Michael Harris became that five-tool player that the Atlanta Braves needed, uh, and he was probably very instrumental in their comeback. Uh, as you remember, Sean, yeah. you're a Mets fan. Uh, they got off to a slow start, and they fought tooth and nail to get back and win that division. They did win the division, right? Am yes, I, they, by, by one. Uh, it was a tie at 101 wins. They had the tiebreaker in the head-to-head, 10 games to nine. Yeah, so there you go. Michael Harris is second living up. And not only is, you know, you're going to see this a lot, Sean, and I hope you're seeing the pattern here. But you're going to see a lot of guys that we talked about during our prospect shows this uh, this past season. Yep. Michael Harris is second was one of those guys. Uh, also, one of those guys was Vinny Pasquantino, who finishes seventh on this list. Another uh, late uh, late arrival to the, to the show here, but... He makes it on the list. You had to get a minimum of 150 plate appearances, and he just makes it in. Uh, even with the injury, uh, Benny Pasquatino living up to expectation. I know you liked him a lot. I definitely picked him up in a lot of my leagues as well. Um, uh, and he, well, let me ask you this, Mr. Flannery, who's going to be better for next season, 2023? Benny Pasquantino, who finished his seventh in, 20, in the 2022 statistics, in, in my statistics, in my sheets, in my spreadsheet. Or number nine ranked Bobby Witt Jr. for 2023. Who do you like for next season? Uh, I mean, it's real tough just considering that Bobby Witt brings you kind of the steals potential, uh, plays the premium position defensively. Uh, But Vinny Pasquantino, I can't speak. Uh, (laughs) Vinny Pasquantino, uh, he could easily be the best hitter out of all of these guys. Just best pure hitter had the highest expected WOBA of any rookie this year, and it wasn't even really close. He had a 374 expected WOBA to go against his 365 WOBA. The next closest one amongst rookie uh, rookies was Lars Nupar at 346, so almost a 30-point difference in expected WOBA. He walked more than he struck out. Great batted ball data. He's a hitter, and I, I don't want to put any crazy early projections on him, but the big burly lefty, good plate discipline, walks a bunch, is growing into his power. Can anybody just kind of peek here and squint and see a Jason Giambi 2.0? Ah, wow, that'd be something for the Royals. Uh, hey, but we, they, the Royals are finally having some good players, uh, young players on this list. Usually they, uh, they kind of hit and they kind of hit and miss or swing and miss on these. But you got two of them on the list, and even though Bobby Witt kind of struggled this year he does make this list as having the third highest wrc not the wrc plus but wrc which is the uh cumulative stat of uh weighted runs created Uh, and he places a ninth the rest of the list number four joey manessis who we talked about one of those uh really late bloomers a good uh feel good story uh veteran minor league player does well and with the nationals right he was with the nationals is what i remember so, yeah, he finishes in fourth. Stephen Kwan, which is one of those guys that we've been talking about all season long. He finishes number one in WRC, probably because he had the, you know, it's a playing time thing. So he, yeah, he, he has 600. I think he had the most played appearances of anyone. Yes, and he did. He had 638 
uh, plate appearances. The next closest one was Witt Jr. at 632, and after that, uh, J-Rod at 560. So those go. two, uh, Quan and Witt, obviously both played at the top of their lineups uh, basically all year. Uh, and so for accounting stat, like just WRC, um, yeah, you're gonna those guys are going to kind of rise to the top with that playing time. And uh, there you go. Uh, let's see. That's how Bobby Witt Jr. makes this list because he wasn't going to make it. But the playing time helped him and accumulate those offensive statistics, the WRC statistic. And Julio Rodriguez tied for first, actually, with Stephen Kwan. They both get 10 points for their troubles. So Kwan makes it. Brandon Donovan, that's another guy that we talked about uh, throughout the year as someone that you can pick up of, pick up from waivers and offer all types of eligibility. He played like almost everywhere. Yep. And he gets rewarded handsomely, finishing as the sixth best rookie hitter this past season. And his Cardinals teammate, Lars Newtbar, you mentioned him. He finishes in eighth. And my guy, Jake McCarthy, and uh, he finishes tied for 10th along with David Villar for the Giants. But McCarthy was one of those guys that every time I uh, I would see the minor league numbers, and you know how I, I'm very strict with the age, you know, with the age. He has to be 24 years old in AAA. McCarthy just barely gets in there. But he was all he did was produce in AAA. So uh, it uh, eventually did transfer over to the majors. So I know you mentioned before on this podcast that he's just a fourth outfielder. Do you still see him that way? Do you still see any future in Jake McCarthy's uh, value? I do worry a little bit about the hit soul because this is a guy that ran mid to high 20 uh, strikeout percentage rates uh, in AA and AAA. Uh, struggled in his first bit last year. I don't think he's a 283 hitter. Um, I think there's a lot of speed there and some pop that maybe we were selling short, but I he could be a starting outfielder, uh, definitely, but not on a contending team and not on a team like Arizona who just has so <laughs> many outfield options. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded him. Yeah. Uh, a team like Miami would make sense. Uh, so when I say he's more of a fourth outfielder, I don't want to say, oh, he's he can't start anywhere because uh, I've had to fight that battle with Brandon Nemo for years of <laughs> Mets fans saying he's a fourth outfielder. So there's still some that say it, and I say, yeah, okay, why were like half a dozen teams willing to give a guy a hundred something million plus for to be a fourth outfielder? Doesn't make sense. But yeah, Jake McCarthy, interesting set of skills. If he can keep the strikeouts down, he can definitely elevate that floor a little bit. I just, I really worry that maybe they adjust back to him and he really did. He had a 337 Woba, uh, 298 expected Woba, not very good uh, at all, really. So a little bit of luck, but Hey, when you have the speed, he does, you can sometimes fake it till you make it. So we'll see. No, yeah, that's a good point. And right now the roster resource has him. Batting third for the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, Jake McCarthy, number three. You're number three hitter. If they do that, they have they don't want to win, which is <laughs> believable. I mean, there's probably still like one more year away, but I, I don't know how you could bat him third. Who um, would you bat? I mean, uh, I, I would take any of those lefties that are behind him: Josh uh, Rojas, Corbin Carroll, um, Pavin Smith. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised Pavin's lined up to start that's actually very interesting hmm. yeah well and kyle lewis is also on the team too so yeah. uh, he could play right field if, assuming he could stay on the field for sure uh and then i think the diamondbacks have some guys in their 
Yeah, Alec Thomas is a name yeah, I, I, yeah. I noticed wasn't yeah. on the list. Um, who uh, else also, a on? guy who's been uh, listed in trade rumors uh, mm-hmm. for a while now. Uh, where do they not have him on the the active he's roster a, and roster resource? He's on the minors at the uh, moment. Yeah, in the minors. He's a guy who I, he's if I guy. was the Diamondbacks, I would be playing Alec Thomas over Jake McCarthy. Yep. But I think Alec Thomas is not long to be a Diamondback, and there's just too many whisperings of him being traded because they have so many outfielders. Uh, you know, there was the rumor that the Astros were interested in Varsho. Uh, but apparently Diamondbacks price was just absolutely sky high. Which it should be because yeah, for obvious reasons. For those don't who don't know what the reasons are, is that oh, I don't know, he could play catcher and he's pretty damn fast. And he's Back- he's a gold glove center fielder and right yeah. fielder that plays catcher. That's crazy. That's- it's it's unheard of. I mean, it's like I, I know Biggio was a catcher that was a, a pretty good fielder. Yeah. Um, did, did he win any gold gloves like in the infield? I'm, I'd have to go back and look. But what Dalton Varsho did this year was just kind of mind boggling that one, he was great in right field and then he was just even better in center field. Uh, it, it really was impressive to see. So, uh, so one guy I wanted to throw at you was uh, some guy named Nathy Castillo, who's uh, listed at double A. He's a 21 year old amateur from Venezuela. Uh some uh, past the top 25 for the Diamondbacks. Uh, but there's another outfielder that the Diamondbacks can lean on besides Alec Thomas. Uh, just talking about all the outfielders that are Jake McCarthy is going to fend off while he's in Arizona. Uh, is he anything to look at, Nafi Castillo? I would have to look at him. I've never even heard of him. So, okay. Well, that, that, Drew, that's a new one for me. Uh, obviously, Drew Jones, who I know he got hurt, but Drew Jones is the first round pick from last year as well. Yeah. And he, too, will also be going up. They also have a, a couple of 20 uh, year olds, 20, 21 year olds in uh, Wildard Patino and Junior Franco, who I need to also look into. Uh, Nafi Castillo, not much. A lot of raw power, but that's all he has, just raw power. But again, as long as he's on the team, uh, that's a threat. Strikes out a lot, but that's a threat to Jake McCarthy's job, basically, yeah. is what I'm trying to say here. Anyway, uh, off the people, uh, you know, outside the top 10, there's only 17 hitters who qualify here. So from Vaughn Grisham all the way down to Seiza Suzuki, is there one guy you want to, you're, you're shocked to see on the list or you, you want to point out at the moment, give some shine to right now? Yeah, I definitely like MJ Melendez there in that yeah. group. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy who, I really liked even like when he first was a prospect came up in like 2017, 2018 um, had a lot of raw power for a catcher. He was lefty, you know, I love my lefties, and, but he was running these really high K rates and then it kind of reached a precipice in 2019. He played and it almost sounds impossible to do, but 110 games, almost 420 at bats. He had a 39 and a half percent strikeout rate. And you're just like, okay, that he's not a he's not a hitter. He can't like he can't face advanced pitching. Um, but in that COVID year, uh, he comes back in 2021 and hits a combined 41 home runs between double A and triple A, cutting the strikeout rate to 20, almost 21, 22%. Um, and as a catcher, you see that type of offensive output, and you're like, holy crap. Uh, this year played in 129 games, 534 played appearances, uh, was only a 99 WRC plus guy, which you might be like, whoa, what happened there? Yeah. But um, 217, he had a 258 
BABIP. He's never run a very high BABIP, even in the minors. But uh, the strikeouts didn't balloon back up into the 30s. They were a solid 24% uh, with a 12% walk rate. Pretty solid batted ball data. Um, And he's a guy who I think will really be benefited uh, with the shift being kind of getting rid of. I, I think he's a guy that will be able to take advantage of that for sure. Currently listed as batting leadoff, actually three of these rookies for the Royals, Menlendez, Bobby Wood Jr., and Vinny Pasquantino, um, they're batting either uh, they're batting in the top four in the Royals lineup as of right now, according to roster resource. So pretty damn good. I'm not used to talking very glowingly about the Royals in this manner. So yeah, I mean, I definitely think they're that division is kind of so weak and up in the air that I don't think they're there yet. I think they're still missing several pieces, but you can kind of squint and you see Vinny, you see Bobby Witt, uh, Drew Waters from the Atlanta Braves organization who has traded. Um, And it's just the pitching kind of needs to finally get there. We've seen a couple of the guys take that next step, Um, but a lot of speed, good defense. And in a park like that, you need both. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they're an interesting little team for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, my guy would be Vaughn Grisham. Uh, I, and, you know, two brace players, but Vaughn Grisham was one that was kind of a curious situation. I, and I think he got the playing time because Azzy Albies got hurt. Is that what happened? Yeah. So uh, initially, um, Orlando Arcia got a lot of the playing time, and then Orlando Arcia got hurt. Um, so they had to call it Vaughn Grissom, who had started the year in high A and had only oh, yeah. 22 games in double A, not dissimilar from Michael Harris, uh, had only a handful of games in double A, and then he got called up. And his was kind of interesting. He was he came out of the uh came up to the majors just like out of a cannon, and he kind of slowed down a little bit. Uh so we'll see how he adjusts with Dansby leaving. Is he the next shortstop? A lot of people are questioning whether he has the defensive chops to play shortstop at the major league level. Uh, so could be an interesting player could and start the season in triple A. You don't know. So, all right, well, here's how Sean and I uh, made our selections for the 2022 total basis podcast, rookie hitting lineup. Uh, it's pretty much the same list. So we we both have, Adley Rushman as our starting catcher, Vinny Pasquantino as our starting first baseman, Brendan Donovan as our second baseman, and then we diverged. I stuck with Vaughn Grissom at shortstop, and Sean, <laughs> Sean, ironically enough, went with O'Neill Cruz. Sean's like the biggest O'Neill Cruz hater of all time, but decides to I don't put him at hate him. I think oh, it's you a, despise him. I think he's overrated. <gasps> That's but hate, I man. Think that That's hate. I think they're is a very interesting skill set that <laughs> he could hit a lot of home runs and steal a lot of bases. And maybe he starts getting like, if the strikeouts just come down a little bit. Yeah. Like it, in that lineup, Brian Reynolds is soon to be gone. Like, does he just start getting the bonds treatment? Like he, he could be a guy who just because he's the only feared person in the lineup that like his walk rate just skyrockets. And like he's posted above average walk rates before in the minors. It's not like he can't do it. Um, I don't think he could do it. I don't know. I I definitely like him more than Grissom. 
That's a good point. I mean, Grissom uh, comes with his own athleticism, but O'Neill Cruz is just a freak of nature. And yeah, I mean, it was a thirty home run pace, twenty something yeah. stolen bases, and half a season's worth of plate appearances. So but it's hard to say no to that. Obviously, we're missing from O'Neill Cruz some, you know, some decent skill level, some yeah. decent skill set, and that's what he's missing. Can he lay off of those uh, breaking pitches outside the strike zone? Can yeah. Can he be more patient? So we'll see what happens. Uh, the Pirates don't have a very good track record of um, no, they develop, do <laughs> developing their players, but every year they, you look at, I look at their prospects. I say, hey, they got some guys here. O'Neal oh, yeah, they definitely. It's I think they're trending in the right direction under Sherrington. I know everyone wants to be like lol Pirates, but I've definitely seen an improvement in what the front office is doing, who they've acquired in trades. I mean, minor league player of the year was Andy Rodriguez, who they got for literally. Yeah. I mean, they sent Joe Musgrove to San Diego. San Diego sent LaCasey to the Mets, and the Pirates get Eddie Rodriguez out of the deal. Yeah, like that, and, the, and he just was one of the best players in the minors this year. And there's another guy they got the Pirates. Yeah, they, uh, they got a couple of guys in that trade. But. Nick Gonzalez, right? Nick Gonzalez yeah, Nick Gonzalez was, was the high draft pick. Yeah, and I was going to mention him at the end of the show if we have time, but then I looked at what he's been doing in the minors, and he's not been impressive, at least not no, in my view. It, he kind of came alive towards the end of the year, but definitely not living up to that uh, draft pedigree, but uh, definitely has a quality hit tool. It's just how quality is the hit tool in terms of when he does put it in play. Right. Well, to the outfield, we all have, we both have Steven Kwan, Julio Rodriguez, Michael Harris, the second. And where we differ is in our utility position, which for us, it's just basically an, an extra hitter that we add. I have Lars Newtbar, who, you know, selfishly, he helped me in a lot of my fantasy leagues this past year. So got to give him props. And then you went with Joey Manes, Joey Manessas. So, yeah, uh, I, I kind of just zagged there. So we wouldn't have basically <laughs> identical lineups and, you know, got to give some love to the 30 year old rookie, even if I think it's not repeatable at all. Right. All right. So who's your uh, AL best hitter here? Uh, I would have to pick for the American League. That'd be Julio Rodriguez. What about the National League? Uh, well, yeah, for the Rookie of the Year, not be- I guess best hitter. Uh, National League would be Michael Harris. All right, so we are yes, in, in, agree- in agreement in there. Agreement. Move on. There to was the just rookies. so like the in the, the American League gets so, so much better hitting rookies. Yeah, let's go back. Let's go to the. Uh, What's the name of these people? Oh, the starting pitchers, right? So once again, just like I did with the veteran starting pitchers, I went with. Uh, this crazy wacky spreadsheet where I look at the traditional numbers, so to speak, at least the numbers that we can traditionally use in fantasy baseball wins ERA whip strikeout. So yeah, you get 10 points for leading a stat one point for placing in 10th. So you got to place in the top 10 and sure enough, the best quote unquote traditional pitcher starting pitcher this past year was Spencer Strider. Uh, Are you surprised by that? Sean? No, not really. He was an animal. Yeah. Uh, Joe Ryan, though, numbers number two, even though he's been he was hurt for a majority of the year and he had some shaky starts, uh, he persevered. I, I, it was a guy that I was uh championing, championing for this season, and also one of our guys that we talked about during our we've been talking shows. about him for a while, a going back time. like about two years now. Yeah, uh, I always liked him, like kind of when he was still an A ball and. He he was one of those guys in the minor leagues when you played out of the park baseball simulator that had 70 grade stuff, like 65, 70 grade command. Uh, but his movement, which is like how often the guy gives up home runs and whatnot, his movement was like a 25. 
Yeah. So it was like strikeouts, no walks, a lot of home runs. And uh, anytime you get that, the the vertical fastball that he really kind of Tampa's known for kind of building it in their guys now, uh, he was just very good at it, good command uh, for a young pitcher. And uh, just got to stay healthy. That's always the key. Uh, George Kirby, another guy who we talked about on these those prospects episodes. He finishes number three. So basically, if you've been paying attention to these prospects episodes, you probably would have uh, benefited and would have picked up these rookie starting pitchers. And I mean, I won. I, I won a league. You won the other league. Uh, Austin made it to the final and the championship in our points league. He he was a finalist there. So um, it's, this is not a coincidence. You got Edward Cabrera. I believe we also. Highlighting, spotlighting him in one of the prospect shows. If anything, we so that's a guy we, that we've been talking about for a while now. Hunter Green, that's another guy that we, I mean, I liked a lot. The one thing I, I drafted him in a couple of my leagues and I just didn't have the patience for him when he got off to a really bad start, but he did well enough, especially on the strikeouts, yeah. to finish in the top five. Tied with him in the top five was Reed Detmers and Joey Wentz and Bryce Elder. So uh, there's a four way tie there for fifth place. Uh, Bailey Falter finishes in ninth, and Glenn Otto, which is one of the guys that we talked about, not maybe not on the prospect show, but someone that we just kind of uh, uh, we would have talked about talked him about. at the deadline, uh, in yeah, 2021 right. when yeah. the, the Joey Gallo trade. I, so I, Glenn I, Otto, I liked him, yeah. Glenn Otto, despite his struggles, he does do enough to place in the top 10. So let's go. We're not going to mention all these guys because we don't have that kind of time, but if you're watching on YouTube or watching live with us this Monday night, you are seeing uh, the rest of the, the field there guys who uh, finished outside of the top 10. So, Mr. Flannery, I ask you, who on that list that I just highlighted from number 11 to number 21st, who is who is someone you want to talk about from that list? I mean, I mean, there's a lot of good names there. I think Nick Lodolo is probably should be higher on this list. I would definitely take him yeah. over the likes of Cabrera and Detmers. Mm-hmm. I mean, Detmers is pretty close, but definitely Wentz, Elder, uh, I'd pick Lodolo over. Uh, Bram Ashcraft has like Emmanuel Classe's repertoire, but as a starter, Kyle Bradish, great stuff, questionable command. Aaron By the Ashby, way, same boat. You just met out. You just stole my thunder. Those are the four guys that we <laughs> talked about in the prospect show. I mean, guys, <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. I don't want to brag. Like, hey, we know how to pick them. All right. It's just kind of awesome to see guys that you specifically uh, that we specifically spotlighted on shows where we specifically are spotlighting minor league pitchers. They finally become rookies in major league baseball and they make it on the rookie list. It's outside the top 10, but they still made it. Yeah. Uh, all those guys that we, we spotlighted heavily during those prospects. So uh, this, this I'm very happy to see those guys, all of those Lodolo Ashcraft, British, even though British was there because of uh, the FIP, a production that he did while he was he was with the Orioles, he still proved his worth with them. And uh, Aaron Ashby, which is another guy that we've been kind of uh, high on for for he, the he last could be couple really years. good, or he could just be whatever. Yeah, but I, yeah. I'll always find it interesting that you know Graham Ashcraft made almost twenty starts this year. Um, command for how hard he throws, only two and a half walks per nine. Uh, the highest, one of the highest ground ball rates of all. Uh, rookie starters this year at 54%, uh, 54 and a half. 
Uh, the strikeouts only six per nine innings. That's not great. That's got to come up. But you have to think that somebody that throws a 99 mile an hour cutter, mm-hmm. um, and you can work something off of that. And Cincinnati has kind of, uh, even with Kyle Bodie from Driveline having left a couple years ago, that uh, whole process is still in place in Cincinnati. And I'll always just crack up that uh, I watched him on a chance encounter at a Chattanooga Lookouts game. And I was like, oh, okay, Ellie De La Cruz is, I think Ellie was there. It might have been somebody else, but I was just kind of like, okay, um, who's this guy that's pumping 100 miles an hour? Like, that I have no clue who he is. And I went back and I looked at his numbers and I was like, oh, wow, this guy's kind of <laughs> something. I'm going to yeah. keep an eye on him. And here he is making 20 starts of the majors. Well, the, the 4.89 ERA is easy to just like ignore and be like, oh, he sucked. But everything else had him as closer to just a, a base four ERA, which as a rookie pitcher making 20 starts, I think a lot of people would take a four ERA. Yeah, for me, it's and, a, and in that ballpark. One, quickly, I just want to mention that Braxton Garrett, I just, besides the four guys you mentioned, or that I'm glad you mentioned because otherwise I would have mentioned them in a group. But Braxton Garrett is another guy who helped me in my fantasy leagues this year for the Marlins. So I want to just give him a quick shout out. Let's go over to the advanced metrics. And again, that's the F4, the FIP. XFIP and Sierra. Uh, what are those? You're probably asking, but basically what these statistics in a very dumb nutshell kind of way, can you strike out guys? Can you control your walks? Can you control home runs? And are you able to, uh, what, what would your numbers look like if we would to, um, uh, what am I trying to say here? If there was no defense, if there was no defense and if you can uh, control for the ball, ball, Balls in play and also the home runs given up. So there you go. Advanced metrics. Again, Spencer Strider just killing it. I think, yeah, he swept, actually. He swept. And he was a win or two away from getting 10 points and wins. Otherwise, he would have swept the entire thing here. But Spencer Strider sweeping the the the, the metrics, followed by George Kirby, who, remember, uh, I traded him straight up for Jacob DeGrom when it looked like Jacob DeGrom was never going to come back. I was <laughs> happy with the trade. I was happy with the results. Right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, Nick Lodolo. So there you go. The advanced metrics actually love Nick Lodolo better than the traditional numbers. So uh, Nick Lodolo is another guy I picked up in one or two of my leagues and uh, in my categories leagues. And he helped uh, make that stretch run for me. Obviously, it wasn't enough against you. There's Braxton Garrett, who I just uh, spoke glowingly about. Not Former too long classmate ago. of mine. Braxton Garrett. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Small world. Yeah. Okay. yeah for, for one year, he was, I think, only still only in eighth grade. But pitching on the varsity team, wow! And then his uh, his dad went and got a was a coach uh, elsewhere in Alabama and Foley down by Mobile, mm-hmm. and that was he went to high school at Foley, but he played on my high school's team for a year, and then of course he was on the uh, U.S. under eighteen team that went to Japan, and he pitched really well when he went over there, so it was pretty cool. Uh, wow. We're all like back in the states, like watching like all these like crappy streams on the computer labs, like trying to watch. <laughs> Oh, I, I thought you went. Oh, no, 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 no. You're okay. good. You're good. Okay. Well, I was going to say, uh, Braxton Garrett, he went from being Sean's classmate to uh, helping me try to, to tread water with my pitchy stuff in fantasy league. So happy to happy that has come full circle for him. Hunter Green, obviously. Uh, Brian Bellow, there's a guy we haven't talked about. Uh, Brian Bellow has a special place forever in my heart because he was one of those guys, one of those starting pitchers that helped me uh, defeat Austin in our podcast league. So I'm very happy with that. He finishes in six. And that's one of your guys that you mentioned um, in the in, in the podcast and the 
shoot in the prospects uh show that we did earlier this year so that's pretty cool to see him um the advanced metrics liking him and good enough to be finishing in sixth place andre palante that's a guy uh cardinals but every time i saw him i didn't know much about him and i kept ignoring him but apparently he did well enough to for the advanced metrics to like him and finishing in seventh uh what give me a quick sentence or two about andre palante he was like the swingman. I think he made some starts. Yeah, I'm seeing here uh, 47 games, 10 of them starts, 108 innings, uh, never strikes anybody out, but posted a 64% ground ball rate. And I don't have to be a genius to say a 64% ground ball rate when you have Nolan Arenado at third, Tommy Edmund at short, uh, whoever the hell they had at second, Paul Goldschmidt at first is a good thing to do. So uh, definitely one of those guys who uh, pitched to his strengths. The the strikeouts and walks weren't very good, but um, just enough. Ne- didn't give up many home runs, so uh, kept the ball in the yard. Uh, moving on, Reed Detmers, the one bright spot of the Angels, aside from obviously Shohei Otani. He's number eight. Number nine is Aaron Ashby. So, again, the advanced metrics loving uh, some pitchers better than the traditional numbers. And running out the top ten is Joe Ryan. So again, um, since we talked about a lot of some, about a lot of these other pitchers, excuse me, uh, let me go back a little bit up. So you see, from number eleven to number eighteen, those are um, the other top eighteen pitchers outside the top ten uh, that finish in the advanced metrics. Uh, is there somebody in particular you want to kind of spotlight at the moment? Uh, probably. Uh, I'm interested in Ken Waldachuk. Uh, Number 16 on the yeah, list, yeah. Came up in the trade for Frankie Montas mm-hmm. uh, during at AAA before the trade. He had pitched in 11 games, had a, a K per nine north of 13. Um, kind of more of a fly ball guy, which you would think portends itself to helping now pitching half his games at the Coliseum. Uh, but it was a, a little bit of a rough start. 4.93 ERA, uh, FIP slightly over four. Had some good starts, had some bad starts, uh, but I think it was very encouraging seeing him make his last start of the season against the Angels uh, through seven scoreless with only three hits allowed. Um, he, he got roughed up by a couple of good teams. Uh, Texas was his third start, gave up five runs, and then gave up a combined nine runs between Houston and the Mets. So really, you got to take that ERA with a grain of salt uh, as his second, third, fourth, fifth, Six starts, uh, Atlanta, Texas, Houston, the Mets, and Seattle. That's a, a murderer's road to face uh, as you're just getting your feet wet in the majors. But I, I definitely, I like the stuff. I like the the kind of the savviness. The, the breaking ball is definitely a, a huge plus, and the changeup's really good as well. All right. The the third category that we do is tradition. I added both the traditional numbers with the advanced metrics and, once again, Spencer Strider. Just dominating, followed by George Kirby, George Ryan, Nick Lodolo, Hunter Green. This is why I like the Reds. If you include Graham Ashcraft as well, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of promise to that rotation. And again, it's it's kind of a fool's goal to chase uh, those promising young pitchers. But it's it's hard to ignore just what the – that's why I kind of like the Reds a little bit more than the Cubs in terms of what they're trying to do on the rebuild. I know the Cubs uh, signed – uh, they made a, a big splashy move and dance me Swanson, uh, which uh, probably does wonders for the rest of the lineup. And actually, to their Cubs credit, they are looking better 
than last year around this time when they had a bunch of 30-year-olds. Now they have a bunch of 25-year-olds, so that's good. But something about that Reds farm system, man, I just I can't help but like a little bit more than the Cubs. And part of the reason is because Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green uh, did a wonderful job um, holding their own in a very tough situation in Cincinnati. And again, you add Graham Ashcraft, if he could just figure out, like you mentioned, how to uh, be more dominant with his stuff and get more strikeouts, that could be scary. Uh, so yeah, just that's the top five, and it's the usual suspects with everybody else. Uh, I'm not gonna if I, I'm not gonna name the rest of the, yeah. the list there. But again, if we the last one is um, if my computer can just cooperate with me just a little bit, and I believe this one would be strikeouts plus whatever this advanced metric in column L is. So yeah, that's what it is. So you add this the the strikeouts, which is the cumulative step, and you add it to the rest of the rate stats. And again, Spencer Strider just dominating and beating out George Kirby by nine points. Nick Lodolo finishing in third, Hunter Green in fourth, and our guy Braxton Garrett finishing in fifth. And of course, Reed Detmers, Joe Ryan, Brian Bello, Palante, and Ashby with the double-digit points rounding out the top ten. So those that was the year in starting pitchers. And how does our pitching list, our starting pitchers look like? It's all the same. Let me yeah. make this bigger. It's the same. It's identical. I mean, is there really... Yeah, I can't think of anybody I would have had here. So it's, I, I have Spencer Strider and George Kirby um, as my two best pitchers in each league. So my American League and National League. Is that the way you have it there, Sean, too, as well? Yeah, that, that yeah, that's it. All right, and then followed by Hunter Green as SP3, Nick Lodolo SP4, Joe Ryan SP5, and Reed Detmers as SP6. So congratulations. The, the SP6, I, I probably could have gone a few different ways uh rather yeah it was just kind of detmers uh made the second or third most starts out of all rookies um so made 25 starts so good for him stayed healthy which is we, we can talk about what they're you know how well they did like we can talk about spencer strider just going kind of ape shit for 20 starts but you know it's only 20 starts. Uh, the building up of these guys' arms, staying healthy, that's a big part of the value because, I mean, especially early in your career, if you, if you start dealing with this stuff early in your career, um, it really gets me worried for five, six, seven years down the line. Um, and Reed Detmers uh, kind of seems like one of those guys, uh, George Carby as well, that just kind of go out there. They have the easy, fluid uh, re- repeatable motion uh, compared to some of these guys like, you know, Hunter Green, Strider, uh, the kind of the max effort guys, although Hunter Green makes it look easy, but you can tell it's kind of a, a full force uh, delivery. Well, I'm going to make some bold predictions on all these six guys, so bear with me here. Go for it. Spencer Strider uh, will be on the IL more often than not next year and might require some serious surgery on his right arm george kirby will be the best pitcher on this list when it's all said and done hunter green will continue to dominate but he will still have a four or five era nick lodolo will probably be the best pitcher in uh, of this list in terms of the national league side of things i honestly i love nick lodolo for next year and i think he's gonna um do wonders joe ryan's gonna see a lot of time in triple a unfortunately you think uh, so i'm just making bold predictions oh okay I mean, okay but uh, of the guys on this list i could definitely see him for all the six pitchers here i can definitely see him 
us. And I love Joe Ryan, as you know, but yeah. I, I, I think the twins are going to say, you know what, kid, why don't you go back down to AAA and figure this stuff out? Because he, he does seem to be the least dominant of the six pitchers here, but he, you know, he uh, persevered and he lasted throughout the season. So we got to give him credit for that. I just want to say that uh mm-hmm. roster resource has Joe Ryan as SP two oh, over both Tyler uh, Molly Kenta Maeda and Bailey over. Oof. Yeah, that's a tough sell for me. But yeah, uh, that 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 uh it, I mean they do have a lot of arms in AAA already as well, including top prospects like uh Cole Sands, Jordan uh Blazovich, mm-hmm. and Simeon Woods Richardson, aka the longest blast name on a jersey in Major <laughs> League Baseball right now. I mean, and- it, it it's literally a rainbow on his back. It's bigger than Salsa La Machia, which I never thought was going to happen. And that Reed Detmers, he's going to see some time in the bullpen. Give me one bull prediction for one of these guys so we can move on here. Uh, by the way, I made oh, these out of, I, out of thin I, air, by the way. I, um, Hunter Green leads the league in strikeouts next year. I love it. Like I, I, I don't know where to go with that. I, I feel very uncomfortable <laughs> with the whole situation. Oh, man, I gotta push you to get get outside your comfort zone sometimes, you know. But like I said, I made these up out of thin air. I, I, I have no basis for reasoning. <laughs> I know Strider got hurt last year, but I think that was a leg injury, not his arm injury. But still, like you mentioned, going ape shit and that. I, I think it's a violent delivery from him. But oh, it, it and, is. It, it definitely is. And George Kirby, I just, I just love the guy. I mean, I, I did, I, I. I love him enough to just give up, give up on Jacob Degrom and get him in that straight up in that trade. So anyway, rookie relief pitchers. Ooh, this is an ugly, ugly, ugly scene here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm look off. at that pink. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> Actually, that's what he said while yeah, he was grilling. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Let's, let's continue. <laughs> anyway, as you can see, I cannot fit everybody's name on this thing. And, and you know what? I looks like I didn't even finish this correctly. I still have extra fields. No, very no. professional of me right here. So you know what? We gotta have to do the view. I feel like John Madden. Oh, you want to do is you want to do the view, and then, uh, boom. We just need to get today. we need to get you a telestrator. I've seen your pictures that we do in the history group. Yeah, the maps. We, yeah. yeah, yeah, with the maps. But we need to get you a, a Zoom telestrator. You know what, Sean? Asking you shall receive. So what you got oh, here? Yeah. You got the holes. Uh, I got did it by holes and saves. You know, John Schreiber of the Brett size uh, got points for holes and saves. So that's one aspect of it. So let me let me take that out. I just want to p- quickly point out that John Schreiber. Do you like John Schreiber, Sean? Yeah, he was pretty good. I, I didn't know really who he was coming into the year, but kind of had one of those sneaky seasons. He had shown it some of the stuff before, because uh, I, I went back and he was not like a, a traditional uh rookie and i'm over here having a stroke trying to type into his name on fangraphs um but yeah he he had actually debuted in 2019 and he posted these numbers that came with like a six era but in 13 innings had a, a 13k per nine with good walks just gave up a good amount of home runs uh then only pitched in one game last year and went three innings struck out five so we kind of saw some of this coming but um, for him to do what he did was pretty impressive for a 28-year-old rookie that most people probably hadn't even heard of. I just don't trust any Red Sox pitchers at this point. Can't do it. Don't do it. Can't win with them. 
moving on to the traditional statistics and again ERA, whip, strikeouts, those are the three, one of the three, uh, those are three stats that you see in traditional roto leagues. And I included the saves as well for the points. And finishing at the top is Alexis Diaz, your guy. That's and number my dude. one, Felix Batista, number two. Uh, it's actually tied for two with John Duran. So those are two guys that I really like a lot. Uh John Duran was one of the my one of my guys from the prospect list uh, shows that we did uh about a year or two ago. So I'm glad. I mean, we were projecting him to be a starting pitcher, but Obviously, the Twins converted him into a relief pitcher. So, uh, but Batista was also a nice, uh, a nice pitcher that we liked. It said that we don't trust the Orioles. We didn't trust his walk. If he control, if he can control his walks, and sure enough, he did. Finishing, getting nine points for the whip. Uh, Andres Munoz. There's a guy that we both adored, absolutely adored. So um, I, I remember even talking about when he got traded, and I was just we, we went back and forth, and we're like, "What's San Diego doing?" <laughs> like, I, I know he was coming off Tommy John, but it's like you got back Austin Nola, like, yeah, and you yeah, traded Munoz. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, that, it didn't make any sense. It, and that's it, with it them. felt like uh, they were just didn't believe in him coming back at all, which was silly. No, well, it's, it, it was more indicative of not of them not believing in Austin Hedges. Yeah. And, and, and then they quickly bring up Austin Hedges because they want to get rid of Yasmani Grandal. So it's like this revolving door of catchers. And I mean, Austin Nola is a decent hitting catcher but you know i think grandall had been gone for a while at that point. yeah I, i'm just <laughs> i'm just trying to base it off memory i know that grandall was a catching prospect for them then then the next thing you know austin hedges is a guy that they like and the next thing you know they don't like anybody and now <laughs> they don't like anyone and, and then we're still waiting on luis camposano as well but yep. you can't do anything because austin nola gotta get anyway. austin nola's playing time anyway gotta justify <laughs> trading andres munoz for him uh brock burke i think he's with the rangers right yeah yeah i got some points for good the, lefty yeah for the era and the strikeouts brian abreu uh world series hero for the astros camilo Duval, uh finishing getting 10 points for the saves so he gets uh additional points for the strikeouts as well jimmy herget oh he was if, if you go watch his stuff on pitching ninja Mm-hmm. He's uh, what are the what were they calling him the the human frisbee human alien or so, <laughs> something stupid, um, just throws this ungodly slider that should not be allowed. It makes no sense. It breaks physics. Um, the the traditional numbers, the strikeouts, not great. Or, I mean, they're solid. Uh, doesn't walk that many guys. Definitely an uncomfortable look in the batter's box to uh, righties. So uh, kind of more of a, a matchup guy, I'd say. Uh, yeah, that's one of those guys. I even, have, you know, as much as we focus on relief pitchers here, Sean, I never even heard of him until uh, he showed up on this list. So shame on me. Uh, what yeah, team does he, he play for again? Uh, the Angels. Oh, that's oh well, that's why I never heard of him before. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about the Angels? Uh, John Schreiber, we just talked about him. He got uh, he got the points uh, uh, for the saves and the whip so good for him and joe barlow also with the rangers right uh Some, barlow, I a, joe barlow uh, i know there's a joe scott barlow, barlow is the rangers i believe because scott barlow's with the royals okay never yeah. mind uh okay so that's the top 10 and a bunch of other pitchers that you guys never heard about but I just want to give a special spotlight to at least one guy marachino um, cherry Sure. Ron Ron Marachino Marinaccio. Yeah, yeah. 
I, and again, I, as much as I like the Yankees bullpen, well, not this year, but in years past, there's a guy like you, I kind of slept on. I didn't, I didn't hear about him until I made this list. I'm really not crazy about him. I just like okay. saying Maricino Cherry because uh, the name looks like that to me. Uh, Alex Vegia, I know that's a guy. That's that, that's uh, that's the dude right there. And of course, AJ Puke. Uh, we're gonna talk more about Vegia, but I want to mention AJ Puck or Puke or however you say his name. Yeah. A, uh, a former outstanding starting pitching prospect for the A's, but converted to relief and well hold your breath <gasps> they're expected to attempt to stretch him out to be a starter next year yeah good luck with that yeah that's that's what i said i was anyway. like part of me is like excited because it's like yes aj pucks a thing again and he's not a thing again yeah i'm not gonna hold my breath there uh advanced metrics uh almost sweeping the advanced metrics was andres muñoz he didn't get enough on the fip but obviously, uh, you know, you and I would agree that he was probably the best pound for pound for pound relief rookie pitcher yeah. this season, followed by John Duran, who got off to a great start, but then he kind of fizzled out as uh, the Twins were really using the crap out of him. Brian Abreu, Alex Veja, Felix Bautista, uh, Joe Mantiply, tied for fifth with Felix Bautista, Giovanni Moran, who I have no idea who that is either. But these, uh, these... Twins, twins lefty, really good changeup, silly mm. strikeout numbers in the minors. Okay, our guy Matt Brash uh, faltered as a starting pitcher, but completely redeemed himself as a relief pitcher, finishing in eighth. Your guy Alexis Diaz finishing in ninth, along with John Shriver. And uh, there's uh, there's a guy uh, finishing at number 12, Scott Efros, former Cub, and ended up with the Yankees, right? Uh, Efros, yes. And then I think he just underwent Tommy John. Of course he did. Yeah, already, already had to get Tommy John. But for I right, look, uh, uh, an old favorite of ours, Hunter Harvey, just sneaks into this list. He, he wait, he still had rookie eligibility. Apparently no. so. I, hey, I, no. Whatever Fangraphs put up there, that's what I went with. So if Fangraphs says he's a rookie, then damn it, he's a rookie. Oh wow, he did six yeah. innings in nineteen, and then eight and two thirds in both twenty and twenty one. Wow. <laughs> that's and he's only twenty seven. I I would expect him to be like thirty at this point. I me too. So, but yeah, that's that's the Orioles for you. They 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 chew you up and spit you out for you to be successful somewhere else. Kevin Gossman, for example, or even Tanner Scott, who we talked about a while back ago, because he strikes out a lot of guys. Tanner Scott does yeah, anyway. Yeah. And again, you with the holds and the saves plus the traditional and advanced metrics, Andres Munoz once again dominates the field. Joan Duran, Felix Batista, Brian Abreu, Alex Diaz. And uh, I'm not going to name all the other guys because we're running short on time. And when you add the strikeouts into the whole saves, traditional numbers, and the advanced metrics, again, Andres Munoz doesn't dominate as much, but still, number one, followed by Juan Duran, who only loses by eight points. Felix Batista, Alexis Diaz, Brian Abreu. There's John Schreiber there at number six. Alex Bejia, Joe Mantiply, Mantiply, whatever his name is. Yeah. Jimmy Hergut and Camilo Duvall, tied for ninth, so on and so forth. So we talked about all the guys that we liked outside the top 10. Let's go on to our picks. Let's make this a little bit. Oh, it's already at 250%. There you go. And, of course, um, I believe, yep, uh, we went the same six pitchers again. So Andres Munoz is RP1, Batista at RP2, Juan Duran at RP3, Alexis Diaz at RP4, Brian Abreu, RP5, and Alex Bejia at RP6. Uh, who's your ALNL people? I am going to zag when you zigged. I'm going to go with Felix Bautista. Um, I think the stuff is just as good as Andres Munoz. 
and he has the Omar whistle as his entrance, which <laughs> is just so much cooler than just about any other closer entrance aside from Edwin Diaz's narco. And what about the NL? Is NL, still- uh, I think we only have the one. Well, there's actually two Diaz and yeah. Vesia. Um, easy for me to pick Diaz. I've been in on him for a while now, but uh, I'll give it to Alex Vesia, okay. the lefty who Miami just kind of gave up on. And I believe the Dodgers got him off waivers. It wasn't even a trade. It might have been a, a post-DFA trade. But um, Vessio was a guy I had kept eyes on when he was in Miami. He even came up a little bit, and he he had really good strikeout numbers. So it's like anytime that reliever pops up, uh, I'm always in my 30-team GM mode. Where, okay, if this reliever comes up and he can strike out a lot of guys – on a bad team, maybe he becomes the closer and then you kind of start building towards that thought process. Mm-hmm. Um, but didn't really work out. They gave up on him and the Dodgers turned him into one of the most underappreciated relief pitchers of the 2022 season. All right, let's look towards the future. Who's going to make this list next year? And I have a list, but uh, uh, another uh, spreadsheet tab, I haven't sent it to you because I want to surprise you with some of these names. But it's also not a completed spreadsheet because, I don't know, I don't know if we're going to be able to talk about all these guys. So I did say 15, right? Uh, Yep, I got 15 names. And the way I did it is I went to the Fangirls Top 100. I picked five guys. Well, here's how I did it by position. I picked one catcher, one middle infielder, one uh corner infielder one outfielder and one starting pitcher and i did it by levels so if you finish in the mlb last year uh, i pick one of each of those position players if you uh, finish in triple a last year the season in triple a last year i did the same thing catcher middle infielder corner infielder outfield starting pitcher and double a same thing catcher middle infielder corner but since uh, sean you were in the dark on my method to my madness What's give me one name that you're looking forward to, and I'll see if it's he's on if, if that player is on my list over here or not. I'm gonna go with Josh Young. Damn, that that's not who I have, but okay, I, I like it, I like it a lot. Already at the major league, or already made his major league debut. I think that Texas Rangers team is the arrow is definitely pointing up. I think he is entering a lineup where he doesn't have to be the guy uh, with guys like Seager and um, going to be a, another full year removed from that. I think it was hip or shoulder labrum uh, yeah. injury that he had uh, really like him. I think he's going to fit nicely into that little third base area and um, could be a, a promising young star for the Rangers. I was going to put him in there, but I decided not to because I like this other player just a little bit more. And uh, there's Josh Young right there. Number 15 on the Fangraphs Top 100 did finish an MLB. So that's where I have him. But my corner infielder, for who's already in the major league level, who qualifies for next season, Gunnar Henderson. I know that's yeah. a guy you... I, uh, I've always, yeah, I've liked Gunnar a lot. So You liked, and, and when I saw the numbers, I also went on board. And you know how I do. My thing is completely random to the way you do it and every time i filter the crap out of the minor league numbers gunner henderson's name just showed up time and time and time again so so yeah and i already have him in my uh in, in our baseball life league as well and i think he's going to be one of my keepers because that's how much i like him along with bobby wood jr so uh, <laughs> listen man if, if, if these guys falter i'm gonna be so mad all <laughs> right so so that's a corner infielder let's go with middle infielder major league level you know what no 
let's let's get it. let's do something different. Let's do middle infielder triple A level. Do you have a guy like that or no? Uh trying to think middle infield triple A. Uh there's probably you know what? B. For, forget Volpe's what I said. really the only one off the top of my head. Yeah, and that's the guy I have on my list too. But uh who's next on your list? We should just do it by your list and I'll see if it matches with what I have here. Who's next on your list there? Uh to make an impact next year. Uh, yeah. you want to go you want to go pitcher just to sure whatever you want, up. man. Just let Let's, me know what, what level they finished in. I think it's gonna be double A, and I Ooh. think that he will be called up a little bit early from pure dominance and he will be needed on the major league staff, and that's Andrew Painter. Um oh, nice. first round draft pick, uh six six uh right hander for the Phillies. Uh, he was dominant last year. I mean, the numbers are stupid and speak for themselves. Was probably the best minor league pitcher um, in the minors last year. Uh, and he threw a good amount of innings. I, th- I believe he threw at least 100 innings or right around 100 innings. So uh, elite strikeout numbers. Uh, didn't barely walked uh, batters. Only thing I'd worry about is it was a pretty low ground ball rate. And a fly ball pitcher in, uh, what's the name of that ballpark? Citizens, the Phillies, uh, Citizens the, Bank. Yeah, Citizens Bank. There you go. Um, it might be a little risky being a fly ball pitcher there. Future value number sixty. Well, my guy for starting pitcher out of Double A. We talked about him earlier this year for the Miami Marlins. Yuri Perez, the big effer, the big six eight mother freaker out there, freak of nature. Uh, I, I, I want to see him succeed. I want to see a basketball player on the mound for the Miami Marlins. It's going to be a tough, tough hill for him to get to because they do, as you know, Sean, the Marlins are loaded at starting pitcher as it is with their major league roster. But I have a feeling that they're going to start trading some of these guys away. You know what I mean? I don't uh, know what they're going to do because I feel like uh, I've been reading a lot of stuff about the Miami offseason so far. They've done basically nothing. And... Yeah. Free agents don't want to go there. Apparently, they had the highest <laughs> offer to Justin Turner, uh, and he mm. did not want to go there. And a lot of rumblings of what I'm hearing is that although they do have a lot of depth with their pitching, and that they have upside, Edward Cabrera, Jesus Lazardo, a lot of these guys, their value isn't as high as what a lot of fantasy uh, people like us would think because we've known these guys to be top prospects. Um, but even the ones in the minors, uh, Yuri Perez, Jake Eater, um, Max Meyer, a lot of them have suffered injuries. There's yeah. injury concern. It's a tough sell for a team to trade a proven major league star. Like Brian Reynolds would be a perfect fit for the Miami Marlins. And the Marlins probably match up well that they could trade some of those starters but it's a it's a tall order to trade a proven guy like Brian Reynolds and you get back one or two of those arms and they might not ever pitch in the big leagues. So it, it's a I don't think teams are biting on the Marlins young pitching like a lot of people just thought they would be like, OK, they have pitching. They can acquire hitters via trade. I, it's not really working out like that for Kim Ang. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see because pitches are a little bit riskier for sure. But I could definitely see a desperate team looking at Pablo Lopez and say, hey, uh, let's see if we can get him for, I don't know, something. And and that's the thing is I think Miami is trying to value him as like a number two or possibly even a number one on a lower team. And on a contender, he's a three. 
And it's uh, he, he had that great that. beginning. Yeah, he had a great first half last year that a lot of people were like, yeah, he's a number two starter. I'm not really sure he is. I still see them. I still see them trying to get rid of both Pablo Lopez and Trevor Rogers. And then you make room for Yuri Perez. I know he's just he's really young. I think he'll be 20 years old by the time the season starts next season. But he's going to be in triple A. I want to see if he can make that jump from triple A to major league baseball next year. Because uh, he's just, I don't know, for me, he's just an exciting player to keep an eye on. Yeah. Who's your who's next on your list there? Oh, right here. Let me go back. Uh, let me find a, a name. Uh, let's go with Taj Bradley, another pitcher. <laughs> Where's he at? Triple A? Okay. Tampa. Yep, I, I know who he is. All right. So uh, Taj Bradley. Oh, by, oh, yeah, I already mentioned that. So Taj Bradley, um, I forgot if he was one of the guys that we mentioned before on the prospect show, but the problem with the with that is that the Rays are usually loaded with the starting pitchers, and is there going to be room for him? Do you, so yeah. you're not I, concerned. I think it. I think it will, uh, mm. just because I don't believe their depth is as strong as it usually is mm. uh, compared to other years. They did add Zach Eflin, but right now they're one and they're two that you're relying on that they're they're going to rely on heavily is Shane McClanahan and Tyler Glass now. I think there is a very healthy amount of injury risk between those two. Of course, the talent upside is they might be the best one two in the big leagues. The downside is they might combine for less than a hundred innings. <laughs> uh, I, I like I, I wish that was a joke, but that could possibly be a thing. Well and, it, it, um, it's funny to me because the Rays they love just combining yeah. players and pretending that they're one player and that's how they get value. Uh, I want to point Shane, out and Shane Baz is still recovering from Tommy John surgery. So mm-hmm. there's an arm that normally would have fit in. Um, I don't know if they think Patino is a starter anymore. Uh, I, they, they, they keep moving him back and forth. Yeah. So uh, I, I think Taj Bradley has a chance. Um, it's either him Luis Patino or somebody like Yanni Torinos or Josh Fleming, who are yeah. guys that they've really used more as uh, followers rather than true starters. Yeah, that's my concern. My concern is that, again, that's what I was talking about, the race having depth. Even though those are those guys you just mentioned are not big names, they're not big arms, they're not nothing to brag about. Well, Patino is a big arm, but yeah. nothing to brag about. It's still traffic for Taj Bradley and so that would be my concern my slam dunk pick at AAA though you you you'll know who it is you you don't you know who's gonna be it's gonna be Grayson Rodriguez oh, that, yeah. that's gonna be a guy and, and it's not fair to say well that's my guy that's, no, that, that's one person I am enamored with uh, the more I read about him the more I saw what he did uh, you know with the Orioles farm system the more video I see of him I, I can't help but get excited. I almost this is a guy I almost traded Julio Rodriguez straight up for uh in our points league just because I love I absolutely love the kid. And if I'm gonna, you know, give up on a rookie like Julio Rodriguez, it would be for a guy like Grayson Rodriguez. I was this close to doing it. Mind you, I still end up getting Grayson Rodriguez in a separate trade. Still, uh I can't wait to see him. And with the Orioles having no legit, you know, pitcher that's trustworthy. As you know how I feel about the Orioles. You're only going to get your heart hurt. You're just building it up to this is like your villain origin story for like burning down the Orioles or something. Like. Well, right now, uh, Grayson Rodriguez is penciled in as the number five starter. I couldn't be 
I couldn't be happier with what I'm you're seeing ju- right now. You're just going to get yourself hurt. No way, man. This is it. This is the guy. This the is- Oriole, Orioles are going to sign Rich no. Hill. They're going to sign Rich Hill. The hell out of here, dude! Oh, there's God. an actual rumor. Like, it, uh, well, not I don't rumor, care. Those are rumors. Yeah, Grayson they're, they're, Rodriguez is a smart. Choice I'm sorry, here. but Grayson Rodriguez cannot debut in the majors. They have to start Rachel. It's the law. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need it to happen just so I can see you rage at the screen for a Listen, solid man. fifteen. Listen, minutes. man, I've been on this Orioles uh, farm system for a very long time now, Sean. I've been through the Dylan Bundys of the world, the, the Jake Garriettas. <laughs> The Kevin Gossmans, even to this day, you saw how I how big of a fanboy I turned into for Kevin Gossman the last couple of years, and it's it started right here with freaking Orioles. Um, who else? I mean, this is the uh, the who's Brian Mattis? Jesus Christ! Oh, Brian. that that's a name. That's before a name. he they just gave up on him and just moved into the bullpen because he's a left-handed pitcher. But I think this is the guy. This is the guy that's gonna uh, redeem the Orioles' uh, development and farm system and. Yeah, and plus the big wall in, in left field, it, it, everything's. I mean, if crappy ass pitchers like freaking Jordan Lyles and Kyle British can turn into <laughs> Cy Young candidates for these people mm. who were enamored by the Orioles this year, wait until you see Grace Rodriguez. Anyway, let's do two more guys. Who else you got over there? Uh, crap, I, I had it closed out. Um, he's probably not going to be in your top one hundred, and I'm. This is me throwing you a curveball, and that is Edward Julian. I think yeah, he has me. the. Yeah, he has the clearest line to playing time. Second baseman, kind of the opposite of Luis Arias in that instead of the 80-grade contact tool, it's the 80-grade plate discipline approach. Um, This is a guy who this year posted in 508 plate appearances, not a small sample size, a 441 on base. 441. And then he proceeded to go to the AFL this year against some of the top talent in the minor leagues in the Arizona Fall League and absolutely strafe them. And of course, he's a left-handed <laughs> hitter, uh, 17 home runs. He stole 19 bases. Um, last year in 2021, um, he split time between A and high A. He had a 168 WRC plus, a 144 WRC plus. And then this year in double A, once again, a 144 WRC plus. I think if the Twins are looking to trade some bats like Luis Arias or Max Kepler, uh, I think the spot for Edward Julian could open very fast. And I think he has the advanced approach to where he can, he doesn't have to beat in AAA. He can hit major league pitching right now and be an elite top of the lineup bat. That's fine, man. I love curveballs. I love watching them. I love watching them go by me. So I'm a patient guy. Unless you're Carlos Beltran. <laughs> well, I, was say, you're O'Neal, I was gonna say, unless you're an O'Neill Cruz and you're just hacking at everything yeah. at every curveball. Uh so I guess you can mark this down as a middle infield middle infielder from double A, right? Yes. Uh well, my guy's Ellie De La Cruz. Uh the pickings were slim at double A, according to the Fangrass Top 100. And mind you, I was also looking for anybody. That was not on the top 100 either, but it's hard to ignore Ellie De La Cruz. As much as I make fun of O'Neill Cruz, the Ellie De La Cruz is going to be that the next version of O'Neill Cruz if he does get eventually get called up next year. Um, and for all the reasons that we mentioned on this show, time and time and time and time and time and time again in previous episodes, uh, De La Cruz has the power, the speed, the height, the size, all the physical attributes you can want from a an everyday player. Let's go one more. Give me one more guy, Sean, and we'll call it a night. 
Oh God, I, I'm a I'm a throwback to you. I'm a throwback to you. you, you oh man, you, you pick one off your list. Oh man, I was counting on you to, to so I can just you know kind of scratch them off my list. So just give me one guy. Just give me one guy. Oh, duh, duh. I, I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank. I, all I, right, all I, right. I, my my brain is running out of uh, fuel here. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Let's see. Who have we not talked about? So we got two guys from Double A. We got two guys from one guy from Triple A and one from Major League Baseball. All right, give me break it down. You know, make it simple for me. Want me to go MLB or Triple A? Uh, MLB. Damn it. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Let's go in Hunter Hunter Brown. That's a guy that Austin and I we kind of. Uh, so oh, make yeah, sure you, yeah, yeah. you you make sure you give me an MLB guy in your end. By the way, a rookie MLB guy. Um. So Hunter Brown is a guy that Austin and I, when we were doing our, our spreadsheet for the 2022 season, there he was at the bottom of the starting pitching list, Hunter Brown, because he was supposed to get a few starts here and there with the Astros, but his rate stats look really good for a rookie. And I go, hey, we, that's and I made a mental note for myself. That's a guy we got to keep an eye on. So Hunter Brown, Astros pitcher, it looks like he's going to be starting unless the Astros do something else. Um at least when I was doing this list, it looked like he was starting. No, he's not starting anymore. Astros are just too deep. The Astros are They're just, just too, too good. Deep. They're, too good. They're too damn good. Where is Hunter Brown anyway? Hunter Brown, AAA, along with Forrest Whitley. Remember him? So, <laughs> but, not exactly a name you want to bring up for somebody that has fulfilled their potential and contributed at the major league level. But I could definitely see uh, Jose Arquiti you know, struggling and getting sent back to the bullpen or even getting traded. Luis Garcia has also had, you know, seen issues with control here and there. And Lance McCullers, he's, uh, oh, I better be careful how I describe him. I was going to say an old 29-year-old, but no, Lance McCullers, <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I, it's just, but yeah, and it's it's tough to trust a guy like Hunter Brown who does not have a lot of experience, but he does come equipped with a decent fastball. A really good, some really good breaking pitches, especially the curveballs. Curveball is going to be his moneymaker, apparently. Uh, still a work in process. I uh, did show up for a cup of coffee last year and, and was able to hold his own. So I want to see more of that for next season. Give me a triple A. Oh, I'm sorry, Major League Major Baseball League. starting pitcher. Oh, start I was over here and I had a hitter. Um, Cade Cavalli. I think. Oh, got- yes. Sorry, excuse me. I think he got kind of lost in the shuffle last year, getting called up real late by Washington. But uh, one of those real good power arms. Uh, it wasn't a very good debut, but I, I don't read too much into your first. You know, he made yeah one start. That's what it was. And he got blown. And he got hurt. Yeah. He, you know, he got his tits lit, as Keith Hernandez would say. Um, <laughs> I thought he did get hurt, though. I'm not sure if he was injured. Yo, okay, it was... Uh, I'm seeing his roto wire. Uh, it said oh, something there. about his shoulder day to day. So, well, his start was the end Sep- of August. Temp- so, yeah. August. Yeah. August. So, yeah, he missed September. But, yeah, it was a four and a third, gave up seven earned runs, but six strikeouts. The stuff is there. Um, and he's penciled into the opening day rotation. So, unlike some of these other guys, we know what he's going to do. Uh, he's not going to be stuck in the minors. So there's the rest of the list. Uh, again, apologies for it looking so uh, n- non-colorful or anything, but I did this kind of on the fly. Um, while I was doing the other spreadsheets, I kind of did this on the fly. But there's the other names I, I we didn't get a chance to talk about. So there's Francisco Alvarez, Oswald Peraza for me, Corbin Carroll, 
uh, Andy Rodriguez, Anthony Volpe, Matt Mervis, George Valera, Miguel Amaya, Bryce Ball. Bryce Ball. <laughs> Bryce Ball because I couldn't. Uh, Sean, this is the first time I realized that corner infield, the, the lower you get, the lower level you get in the major in the farm systems, the worse these corner infielders look. And Bryce Ball wasn't the best, wasn't the worst. I mean, but he didn't look like impressive either. It's a homer pick. It's he's a cup player, yeah, so I want to see if that trade comes the, up. I see a first baseman who last year had a four oh five slug. Uh it's gonna be bad, but I okay, was, Eric Hosmer. The pickings were pretty slim when, when oh, you get and he down. kinda he has a slightly elevated ground ball rate. He is Eric Hosmer. <laughs> is he an overrated defender too? Oh damn, man. Uh, and then, of course, my guy, Robert Hassel III, who is uh, uh, he's the next in the lineage of the Christian Yelich lineage there. So uh, Robert Hassel III will be my new project to look at as I continue to look for the next Christian Yelich. So far, Jack Peterson has been uh, up and down. Um, who else is on that list that I keep telling you about? Josh Lowe failed miserably last year. <laughs> uh, Jerry Kalanick can't can't walk or he strikes out too much so he's a failure so yeah so that's uh that's what i was going with when i was doing this so and uh, here are your picks sean just for the record so there it is hopefully ta-da. what oh Hello? i was just saying to for oh my, or, or my lineup okay well I, like i said i, I didn't give you I, I left it open-ended for you but it, this is, ended up being a nice little exercise and we kind of were matching in terms of the levels and all that so uh, so there you go. Uh, this year's rookies and tomorrow's rookies of the year candidates. Any last words from you, Sean, before we let you uh, go? This is it. I need some food. <laughs> ditto. Ditto. I'm hungry as well. That's Sean over there. I am Felipe. We will see you next time. Take care, everybody. Adios, guys.